We are back. Another week of the On Blast Podcast NFL Picks Edition, and it is week 10. What? Does that even make sense? Week 10 in the NFL season. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined as always by my dude, for betting writer, Mr. Matt Russell. How you doing, my dude? Week 10. Yeah, I'm glad that we're into week 10 because week 9 stunk. I really could have done without week nine as a, as a general principle. Not, I mean, honestly, it wasn't even that bad. I think I finished around 500 from a record standpoint. It's six, six, and one. But like every bet that I really, I felt really good about, mm-hmm. <laughs> lost. And it's like crisis of confidence, and you kind of forget about the ones that you win. You know, at two and three in our underdog uh, bets that we make. You know, that are part of the round robin underdog money line parlay. Those spread bets went two and three. Of course, the parlay did not win, so you end up sort of two and four. From a record standpoint, there one, one, and one on my you know three best against the spread bets that aren't included in all of that. So yeah, just kind of kicking money around, dropping a little bit here and there, but uh, you know looking for a bounce back week as a lot uh, as a lot of the times you know the teams on the field are looking for a bounce back week, and now the teams off the field are looking for a bounce back week, and we'll get it. That's what we do. That's what we do here. Now reminder to follow Matt on Twitter at authentic and everything he does at the score as well. And huge shouts to the people that are following us here on this podcast, on blast podcast network available wherever you get your podcast. You remember you or sorry, you mentioned the need for a bounce back week and I'm right there with you, my dude. Last week I went five, six and two bringing the season total to 78, 52 and six talk about it all the time, right? You build up all the currency for when yeah. weeks like that happen. Hey, keep the train moving. And we're 10 weeks in. I keep saying off to a good start. But at yeah. 10 weeks, it's like, okay, okay. But I'm going to be honest with you. Going through the lines this week, there's so many different things that I'm reminding myself about in terms of, okay, this team coming off a of bye week, how that plays into certain things. And also getting back into like laying points. I feel like what happens is – Start of the season, taking a lot of like taking the points a lot, taking the underdogs a lot. And then at a certain point in the middle of the season, I get messed up because I remember, you know what? There's certain spots where it's okay to lay the points. It's a difficult dance. Yeah. But that's what we do here in the NFL. And we start with a very weird, 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 weird game on Thursday night football. I mean, hey, aren't they always weird? But we got the Falcons as three point favorites against the Panthers. This is a game as a reason why I hate Thursday night football and betting on Thursday night football. Two bad teams that I have no idea how they're going to react on a short week on right. a Thursday night. Literally anything's possible. You could tell me any outcome of this game and I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Add in the fact these two teams played a wild game two weeks ago, which the Falcons should have covered the four and a half points, but of course they're the Falcons. So they blew it late. And by blew it, I mean... They don't cover for us because they did win in OT. But here we are, three-point favorites. I just can't I, – I have no faith in the Panthers anymore. And Plus, once you're bringing back Baker Mayfield to try to save the day and like possibility of Baker Mayfield music, I'm not about that life. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. I don't like laying three points on the road with the Atlanta Falcons. But as mentioned, Baker Mayfield's involved. I'm not about that life. What say you, my friend? <laughs> 
Uh, is Baker Mayfield involved? He might be involved. I'm I saying think, the fact that they're turning to him last week, I think things were, were grim okay. means that it's at least back on the table, which I <laughs> thought I would never see Baker Mayfield. That's right. <laughs> right. I, I thought we were done with that. They haven't hit play necessarily on the Baker Mayfield music, but it's certainly like the disc is in the, is in <laughs> slot two of the, of their five disc changer, because you know, the Panthers don't have anything digital going in their, uh, in their whole music operation right they're still working off of like somebody's trunk um and having a five disc cd changer for those of you old enough to sort of remember that uh, it's funny that you you know your lead in there is interesting especially going into the you know the falcons as the pick because you know i felt like the falcons weren't deserved of that cover outside of the fact that yes they had a six point lead when pj walker threw the ball like 70 yards in the air because <laughs> yes. because just the way that the entire game played out right like yeah, carolina yeah, yeah. looked like the better team and there was obviously a sort of a uh, a dropped it's funny nobody remembers dj Moore dropping a fourth down pass before that catch right like that was a totally redeem yourself type moment because if he catches the fourth down pass that hits him in the chest then we never have all of this you know absolute chaos that happened after that which of course if that game you know sort of transported itself and happened on thursday night like we've talked about before you know we'd be talking about that insane game for like the rest of our lives remember that thursday night game where dj moore <laughs> caught the 60 whatever yard pass and it's like you know it's now it's just kind of this anecdote instead of this thing that we all lived through so all that is to say back to that game is atlanta was a four point you know closed a four point home favorite mm -hmm. in that game and now they're a three point road favorite and so i'm not really entirely sure what happened here where all that happened was one point move from an entire location move now i'm not saying yeah. like it has some great home field advantage you know maybe two points at best probably closer to the sort of average one and a half that that uh, bookmakers are sort of giving them at this point and you can easily tell me that carolina doesn't have anything of a home home field <laughs> point or a point but like that's still getting us to like two you know so mm -hmm. the fact that we're down to only we're only at at uh, at three here like i, I kind of feel like this should be like i shouldn't i shouldn't say i kind of think i am quite certain that this should be lower than three like yeah why you know to me going back to that game it kind of felt like atlanta should be two and a half at home and carolina should be two and a half like it should be kind of treated like that you know you know obviously two two and a half you know, we're kind of getting into negligible territory there, but the key number of three being the key in all of this. And so what's changed since then? That was two weeks ago in a game that, you know, as mentioned, hotly contested, could have gone either way, all that sort of thing. Well, Carolina got absolutely blown out by Cincinnati last week. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty familiar to me, man, because the Falcons did the exact same thing or had the exact same thing done to them, you know, the week before mm -hmm. playing Carolina. Right. And that's why we saw that line go from five and a half down to four because it was like, oh man, like Atlanta's terrible. They got blown out by Cincinnati. It's like we're having a deja vu of deja vu moment here with now the Panthers sort of taking that role. And so, like, it sucks to say, but like the values all on the Panthers at plus three, right? Like, 
the, these last two games that they have played, like obviously have been road games, the one in Atlanta and then Cincinnati. So they return home. The last time they were at home, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And listen, we will have a conversation about how good the Buccaneers may or may not be <laughs> literally in the very next game. But like fundamentally here, yeah, like PJ Walker had a terrible game. Uh, the coach mentioned it. Um, guys have bad games. He's like, if we were just benching everybody who had a bad game, then like nobody would ever play in this league. And like, yeah. that's a fair call. And like Atlanta still has the same issues from, you know, defensive secondary, et cetera, et cetera. That might work out nicely for them because it, apparently it's going to be quite rainy and windy in Carolina. Ooh. And you get that sort of like Southern stormy type of a, a night. That obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but that feels like it's going to help Atlanta because of their ground game. But honestly, if you were even less concerned about Marcus Mariota throwing the ball down the field, then your defensive support should be augmented there for the Panthers, right? Whereas, like, who knows what P.J. Walker might do, or Baker Mayfield, or <laughs> Sam Darnold, or whoever <laughs> might actually participate in this game. So, you know, I think, just think there's a ton of, you know, absolute chaos like the first game potential in this game turnovers right fumbles all of that kind of just ugly stuff where we're sitting back and going like man yet another ugly thursday night game but like to me that breeds sort of you know uncertainty and if we can get three points here with the panthers like i think we just have to take them right i'm not like tripping over myself to do it but like it also brings in you know, what version of the Panthers are we going to get? Are we going to get the version that should have, I know, in my opinion, and listen, you know, field goal kicking overtime away from doing it, should have won that game against Atlanta? Or, yeah. you know, is it the version of the team that beat the Buccaneers? Right? Like, that that version does exist, right? Whereas the Falcons are just kind of like, you know, we're just going to run the football a lot. We're going to hope you don't burn us deep on passes. If you do, you know, we'll sort of tip our cap. But, like, we don't really have a plan B. Whereas Carolina is like, they might not have a plan A, but at least like whatever sort of battleship type football they're playing, right? Where they're just kind of guessing stuff along the way. Like sometimes that works out. And so I think there's actually a little bit of value on the money line here too, at plus 130 Woo. on the money line, right? And if I, if, again, if I think this game from a market standpoint, you know, point spreads leading up to this game, like this should be about like Atlanta minus a half, mm. right? And so, like, if I think that's the case or the market thinks that that's the case and we're just going to over adjust because of honestly one really bad half where it got snowballed like crazy against Cincinnati. Like, yeah, give me the Panthers here. And if, uh, you know, my cat popping up here on the screen for those who are watching is an indicator that we're on the cats. I don't know what else is. Hey, I think the cats and a very nice reason for anyone watching this to just hit us with the like button right there. Who doesn't like cats? <laughs> right. Who doesn't like cats? That's what I say. Um, but yeah, tough game there for sure. I have no idea where which way that is going to lean. I'm just terrified of rolling with the Panthers and then watching the game and being like, oh, what did I just do? Which could very easily happen with the Falcons as well, which is further to my point. Yeah. Uh, let's keep things moving, though, because you mentioned there is another game going on in which it involves a team that we were just talking about, which is the Buccaneers. They are playing in Germany. <laughs> and in Germany, it will be Bucks getting three points, laying three points, yeah. pardon me, the Bucks minus three against the Seahawks. This is a very weird line to me, and I, I understand neutral site, so got to take that into account. But I'm still confused because I just watched the Bucks' offense look horrible for an entire game, 
until the very last drive in which Tom Brady went Tom Brady or the Rams went Rams as we've seen them this year and just like the only things you can't give up is exactly what they allowed Brady to do. Right. And I know there's a bunch of defenses lined up throughout history that could say the same thing, but that was just a horrible performance by the Rams. We'll get to them later. Mm-hmm. In terms of this game though, I think, you know, I'm rolling with Gino. We talked about this last week and yeah. it's until Gino and the Seahawks let me down. It's going to happen at some point. And th- we're talking about spots and you almost had me last week. Like I, I could, I admitted, <laughs> no, no, no. I admitted that I was foolishly yeah. taking Gino because I could see the spot last week in which, yeah, it would make sense for them to lose that game. Like that's a tough yeah. game. Yeah. And they came out and played really well in Germany now. Yeah. This is like Gino's going to show me something here. If him and the Seahawks are able to pull this one out, give me the points. I'll take the three points with the Seahawks on this one. Very interested to hear what you're thinking here because I know the Bucks are a hot topic right now. Yeah, this one was really weird. This so let's back it up to last week's show where, and this is you know hand up my mistake because we talked about how like oh man, if what if the Seahawks lose this game to the Cardinals again, which they were underdogs to win it and what if the Buccaneers actually have a pretty good offensive showing and listen they should have won could shouldn't say should have they could have won that game Mm -hmm. easily right it's just only because their offense is just so incredibly stagnant and uncreative that it took them that long and obviously they got helped out by the Rams along the way but if that had sort of happened the way we wanted to, like we thought there might be like a ton of value on the Seahawks. Now I had forgotten, you know, I was looking just based on the schedule. I'd forgotten the game was in Germany. So I forgot it was a neutral site. Cause I think I referenced like, you know, the, the idea that the spread might be like seven and a half. Oh yes. Points, yeah. 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 Right? Yep. And then I'm like, you know, later on, I was like, Oh wait, that game's in Germany. Okay. So obviously like take, you know, kind of two points uh, off from the, uh, the Buccaneers side of things. And then now you'd have six points, right? That's kind of the point here is that like from a market standpoint, even with adjustments up for Seattle down to Tampa Bay, like the line based on, again, all the point spreads up leading up to this probably should be something like Buccaneers minus four and a half. And what happened was this line opened and I think it opened around three, but certainly like twos and two and a halfs were widely available. And like people were gobbling up the plus two plus, you know, one and a half, like it was already all the way down to one for the Bucks. Yeah, And it just sort of sent like, it was one of those things that was sort of like paralyzing and like how confusing it was. And like, <laughs> is Tom Brady out? Like, did somebody like, am I missing something? I just watched the game because obviously it was a four o'clock start and the open, you know, the uh, openers had come out like an you know, hour after that game had ended. I was yeah. like, how do we, you know, somebody run on the field and like shiv Tom Brady? Like, that, I feel <laughs> like that would be a bigger, you know, piece of news. And so... You know, you're saying that going like Tampa minus one. And honestly, I didn't even really want to bet Tampa, right? I was hoping because our mindset was, well, man, like what if we can get, you know, I said eight, obviously that sort of meant six you know, on a neutral. But like, oh man, if we could get six with like Seattle, that would be great. But of course they go and they win outright against Arizona. So you go, okay, well that dream is dead. Like at least we might get four or something along those lines. And then you look and it's Tampa minus one. You're like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm, I, I'm supposed to bet Tampa Bay at yeah. minus one. Right. Like that's, you know, kind of obvious, except for I just watched 60 minutes of Tampa Bay being just incredibly painful to watch. And of course, like Gino and Seattle and all that sort of excitement. But I also watched 60 minutes of the Arizona Cardinals play lifeless, confused, 
like just absolutely irresponsible football where Kyler Murray's just carrying the ball like a jackass down the field, right? <laughs> like, feel free to tuck it in, man. Like, how long have you been playing football? Like, you're not right. playing center field for the Oakland Athletics minor league team here. This Although is, he might be soon. He might, he might be soon. <laughs> no, he'll just be playing Call of Duty on his, like, on a giant bed full of cash. But, like... Like this team is so poorly coached and just so ridiculous in everything that they do. Like Robbie Anderson, like just the fact, like, of course they traded for a Robbie Anderson because like, yeah, that fits in nicely. A guy who has no, no concept of how to play football, how to play as a, you know, as a teammate and just runs fast down the field and is supposed to like scare defenses. Like, Ooh, no, not Robbie Anderson. Like, of course the Cardinals would make that addition. Right. Like, of yeah. course they would trade for Hollywood Brown, who, by the way, who was having a nice season this year. But if you watch him play for the Baltimore Ravens, you're like, yes, the guy drops a lot of passes and kind of like screws a lot of stuff up despite having a ton of talent. Like that's this whole team. That's that's Cliff Kingsbury's entire like persona and existence. So I realize I'm kind of gotten off the rails here with regards to the Cardinals. <laughs> but the and we'll is, get back to them later, too. Like like the Seahawks you know, throwing a pick six and like all of this stuff, like they're just better coached and all of, they're just a lot more solid. Whereas Tampa Bay for all of like the painful sort of visuals and watching them play, it's like, you know, at least Tom Brady's not throwing interceptions, right? He's not getting confused. It's like, he's throwing the ball. These guys are dropping the passes. They are getting called for holding penalties. Like it's kind of everything around him, right? But we're always going to blame the quarterback. We're going to blame the 45 year old guy. And we're going to be like, oh man, like Tom Brady's lost. It's like, he's got like one interception all year. But like the coaching is so incredibly bad right? Like for Tampa Bay, where you're just like, yeah, this guy's like, he's not even aware, like the ball, the I don't know how closely you watch this game, but like a punt like lands at the like inch yard line and they call it a touchback and he doesn't bother to challenge it. And it's like, is, is Bowles even awake here? Like just at least try to participate in the game here, man. And like yeah. left, which is play calling atrocious and all of that sort of thing. And so the reality is all of this is to say like, there's just kind of nothing left in this game because the value play was Tampa minus one, minus one and a half. When that number existed, the hope was to get Seattle at over a field goal. God wouldn't have been nice to get six, but that way, you know, that was a dream that apparently was just never going to happen. And so now it's just sitting at this flat number of three where the game's probably going to land on three, like it did last week for Tampa Bay against the Rams. Like you're right. Or, you know, if, if you're insinuating that the Seahawks sort of like dream here season is like not going to come to an end, but certainly going to get a hiccup with a tricky spot. Like, yeah, I believe all of that stuff. So like it's Tampa Bay or nothing for me, but it has to be less than a field goal because at three, it's just, I can't ask this team to win by more than a field goal, which is such a wild and crazy thing to say about a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that has Tom Brady on it. Yeah. It's not where we, yeah. yeah, it's not where we thought we'd be with the Tom Brady team. And to be honest, as we switch gears to our next game, it's not where we thought we'd be with an Aaron Rodgers QB team as well so we move on to the cowboys who are five point favorites in green bay the packers if they're not done they're on the road to being done right like that was a cooked performance against the detroit lions last week um just not looking good at all i feel like there are a lot of teams as i mentioned earlier coming off buys and i'm going to i'm talking myself into being comfortable in mm -hmm. laying points with these teams coming off buys i don't like this at all I don't, I don't really like taking the Cowboys in this spot, but I feel like I should be getting a really good 
version of the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know if a really good version of the Packers exists. I think both of those sent those statements are fair. There is no planet in which the Cowboys should be five point favorites in, in Lambeau. It just, it just is not right. Like we, of course we can downgrade the Packers. Like we're going to, the problem is with downgrading the Packers after that game is like, it was unlike the, the, the Brady Buccaneers game that we just talked about. It was all Aaron Rodgers' fault last week, <laughs> by and large. Right? I mean, yeah, there's a couple of fumbles and like things got yeah, a little yeah. hairy or whatever, but like, but it was a series of bad, in, ill-advised, you know, throws, mm-hmm. an absurd play call to your boy David Bakhtiari, who like apparently is playing just long enough to try to catch touchdowns. Like, what on earth is that? Yeah. But the point is, is like, okay, if you're just gonna rely on a- Aaron Rodgers playing bad, like that's not why they why the Packers should get this downgrade that they're getting. And they're getting an A, like just an absolute absurdly low downgrade, right? And so like mm-hmm. market-wise, again, think about it this way, right? Last week they closed four-point road favorites. You and I thought that was way too high. We were on the Lions, all of that good stuff. But like it still suggested that the Packers were, you know, sort of a better than average team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of standard is if you're on the road and you're a favorite. You're kind of better than average unless the team that you're playing is like just atrocious. And now we're going, you know, we're flipping it home field. Like how high are you rating the Cowboys? What have the Cowboys done to like get some massive rating? Like I think we have a pretty solid idea of where the Cowboys should be rated, right? That playoff sort of standard, you know, maybe give them an extra couple of rating points into the low sixties because they, you know, have had their bye week I guess, you know, they're as healthy, I suppose, as they're going to be all season. And obviously, Rashawn Gary going out for the Packers is not ideal. But, like, we're now talking about the Packers as if they are, like, slightly better than the Houston Texans with this number. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. slightly maybe is a stretch, but we're now talking about the Packers like they're the Bears, like they are, you know, I mean, pick your, you know, kind of crappy team here, right? Like, Panthers, Jaguars. Honestly, we're treating the, the Packers like, like they're, they're the Lions. Lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, well, because the Lions beat them last week. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was that easy, right, like we'd all be rich. And honestly, maybe it is that easy. And maybe the Cowboys win this game by a touchdown. But like, no, like this this number can't be this number. The result can be the result, right? The Cowboys can win by a touchdown. They could win by three touchdowns. Who knows? But Mm -hmm. like, as far as win probabilities and where we shift the line to create sort of a 50-50 win probability type thing, we're at least two points too high on this line, right? Like giving up the key number of three in this game is kind of crazy. And you're giving us four. You and I talked last week about like the idea of, you know, games flipping from three and four, three and four, when one team takes a field goal lead relatively early or even in the second half, doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter. Well, like you're going to give us all of that. And like, maybe you're, we're even going to go to six here. Like, I don't even know where this is headed to. Yeah. Because, like, it doesn't seem like people are against betting on the Cowboys at this number that's already mega inflated. And, like, that's the whole point of a market is, like, if you're going to mega inflate something here, then, like, we have to bet the other way. And so, Mm -hmm. like, it's – I mean, listen, if you don't want to bet the game, you don't have to bet the game. But, like, this has to be Packers or nothing here unless, like, okay, fine. If you just want to tell me to my face right now that Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> somewhat somewhat healthy, is just quarterbacking a team that is in the low to mid-30s out of yeah. 100 in, like, a rating, all right, let's go for it, right? Like, that's what you're putting your money on, right? So you have to reframe it. Like, are you putting your money on the fact that the Packers are 
that with the capitalization on all four letters of that, that bad, then okay, fine, go for it. But like, it wasn't really that bad last week. He was that bad last week. I got you. I got you picking up what you're putting down, my dude. And there's a lot of questions surrounding quarterbacks across the league, including our next game here, which is the Vikings at the Bills. Vikings are heading into Buffalo, and this has been a weird-looking line as the Bills are favored by four, and that has a lot to do with your man's Josh Allen. Last thing I read before we started this pod was from Adam Schefter, who said Bills head coach Sean McDermott called Josh Allen day-to-day and said they will see if he's able to play on Sunday versus the Vikings due to his UCL injury. Now, for me... I look at this as you've you've taught me a lot over the last few years, and this line is definitely a Josh Allen not playing line. And the way that I look at this, it's to me, I'm I'm simplifying this. He's either out, and we're getting Case Keenum, or we're getting an injured Josh Allen, which I just saw against the Jets and did not look good. Either way, I I understand if we're thinking that he's not going to play, then you know, like for sure take the points because it's just going to keep going the other way. I'm on Minnesota plus four in this game, but I'd like to hear from you, my friend. Yeah. So, okay. First and foremost, if Josh Allen plays and he hel- and he's healthy, we'll, you know, let's play a little guess the lines here. Like what would you make, you know, again, this is pretend that last week never happened. Mm-hmm. What do you make this line? Josh Allen healthy. It's yeah. going to be uh, right around a touchdown. You could talk me into like six and a half, seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. The actual answer is nine and a half. Woo! And so I say that to sort of tell, you know, to sort of illuminate like how far we've come from what the line was kind of supposed to be. Now, you might have knocked down the bills a little bit because we've obviously talked at length about how insane the bills rating has been up mm. until this point. If they had just lost kind of regularly to the Jets without an injury, you can tell me, okay, we can't, we obviously came way too far when it came to the bills rating and we have to knock them down from that like mid eighties to like 80, still the best team in the league, still really, really good. All of that sort of thing. Right. And then at that point we could be like, okay, well now the line is seven and a half, right. Closer to kind of where, you know, you just sort of referenced, mm-hmm. but we went through seven early on the week. Then we, we kind of malingered around six for a little while. Right. And then the like official diagnosis of sort of maybe came out today and it's like, okay, now it goes down to four. And so the answer is, or the question is, how much further does it go, right? Like, this is probably the ceiling, unless I guess Josh Allen plays, at which point, like, now you're looking at something closer to six, six and a half, seven with an injured Josh Allen. But how far does, you know, what does this mean? Like, and again, we're kind of guessing here, but like, who are the Bills if Case Keenum is the quarterback, right? Like, what, what team are they? So I'm going to give you some teams and we're going to play a little game called better or worse, right? <laughs> so better or, or worse, uh, chiefs worse, easy, right? Eagles worse 49ers. You know, I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. I might I'm almost saying... take case Keenum over Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> but as a team, but as a like... team, I'm going to say worse. Yeah. So like, think of it this way, right? Neutral field. If the bills yeah, play yeah. the 49ers, right? The 49ers are going to be the favorite Ravens yeah. better or worse. Worse. Uh, Cowboys. Worse. Better or worse. I'm right? saying worse. Yeah. So now we're getting into a zone where, you know, what teams up next on that list of like the power ratings, 
the Minnesota Vikings. Right? <laughs> exactly. So Minnesota Vikings, better or worse, mm-hmm. you know, are the Bills better or worse than the Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum? And yeah. so, like, the answer is obviously, I don't know. But <laughs> if it's kind of like, if the question is, if you don't know, yeah, you kind of have to default to like, I don't know, probably the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. They're about the same. Does like, Kirk Cousins have his chains on or no? He he does. I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. I don't know. If, I don't know if, either. If, who knows, right? <laughs> the point is, is like if we start, we've kind of mowed down like seven, eight teams just on that list before we mm-hmm. even got weird with like Packers and Buccaneers and all these sort of like brand, you know, based teams. Like yeah. we're now down to sort of the reverse brand team of the Vikings, right? And mm-hmm. all we ever asked from the Vikings last year, right, is like, hey guys, could you stop giving away games? Could you stop losing? close games and so they fire the coach they hire a new coach and like in theory all we should have all we should be asking for then is could you just win close games yeah right but somewhere we all kind of got into like oh the vikings need to be blowing teams out right (laughs) they need to be covering road spreads of over a field goal they need to be covering home spreads of over a touchdown when all we ever asked as a society last year of the Vikings was just don't lose these games that are inherently winnable. Yeah. And they've accomplished that. It's true. And they're sitting here, what, six, seven, and one, whatever they are, right? Like one loss on the year. It's like, yeah, because you know what they did? They tightened things up to the point where they don't lose the games that they would have lost last year, right? Like, I forget what their record was. It was like seven and 10 or something like that. It's like, just flip three or four of these coin flippy type games and like yeah they did it so like can we get off the vikings back a little bit for winning close games because like yeah they're not amazing nobody ever said they were going to be amazing listen there's a lot of teams in this sort of like as i kind of call it the high 50s here these like playoff bound but not necessarily super bowl type teams that would absolutely kill to have the consistency of just hanging around in these games finding ways to win and not giving the game away that that they did last week yeah no so you know we have to at least give them some credit here and that's why that's why i sort of say like maybe the bills under case keenum and obviously with a couple other injury issues maybe they're they are kind of the minnesota vikings right right down to the fact that they have case keenum throwing the ball to stefan diggs which used to be the minnesota vikings at one point and so all (laughs) of that is to say if they're about equal then all you have on this point spread really is the home field advantage for the bills yeah. And I'm here to tell you that's not four points, right? <laughs> it's two and a half at kind of the maximum, right? This isn't 1987 where you give three points for the home field, right? If you hear anybody say that in 2022, you know they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, right? Sportsbooks give one and a half to two sort of at most, right? If yeah. this game starts snowing or something gets a little crazy and like for some reason we like the Bills, but I don't even know why you would like the Bills necessarily more just because it got, you know, got snowy or something like that. Not that that's yeah. necessarily going to happen in the second Sunday in November. But like the point is, is like if he gets announced as out, like this could go through three, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But by the way, if it does go through three and now we're down to minus two, minus two and a half, we still have obviously uncertainty about the Bills. Maybe they are still pretty good, and maybe they are just better than the Vikings. 
with Case Keenum because he's yeah. a professional. He's been around for a really long time. So at, you know, sort of under a field goal, you sort of have to play at the other. These prices, you know, we had a plus 190 money line available earlier uh, on Wednesday where we got the round robin money line parlay out on the streets as fast as we could so that people could grab that. And now even still, you know, plus 170, plus 160, all of that is value-based, right? Yeah. Plus four is value-based. But so would be if it gets announced that he comes out and this game gets under a field goal, closer to pick him, with a still a pretty good Bills team. You know what yeah. I mean? So like there's a lot happening here. You know, it's not like it's not like plus four is like some incredibly great deal. Plus seven and a half was an incredibly great deal, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you sort of saw the injury, you know, report and grab that plus seven and a half, going like, well, there's no way this sounds good. By the way, this is an NFC you know, game here. This is one of the least important games of the season for the Bills. So, like, why on earth would they play him, right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the logic that's taking over here, why this number is coming down as far as it has. And I think once you get something official, we could be looking at something a lot sort of further down here. But if it goes too far, then it has to be a Bills play. For sure. And that's always a delicate balance that we try to tap dance throughout the weeks on this podcast. Um, We've been tiptoeing and dancing around with the Dolphins all season long. Dolphins now find themselves. It's week 10. Dolphins, three and a half point favorites at home to the Browns. The extra half point, as always, looms large, right? Dolphins yeah. offense, cooking. Tyreek already well over a thousand yards receiving, and we're at week, we're through nine weeks of the season. Insane. Browns coming off a of bye week. I mentioned how important I feel like these bye weeks are. We should be getting a good version of the Browns, but what does that mean? I don't really right. know. So because of that, I am on the Miami Dolphins. I will take the extra half point. I'm laying three and a half points with the Miami Dolphins. I talked about it early. I don't really like it. I'm laying a lot of points this week. It's not a nice place that I like where I'm at here, but here we are. Apparently, I made a bad bet here, and... I'm not really sure why everybody like loves the Browns all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, again, market number. I have this thing. Let me just double check this because it's almost impossible to believe. Again, this is a team prefacing this, right? Browns mm -hmm. that were just three and a half point home underdogs to the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to the Dolphins. Like that has to be a pretty big flip here. And yet it just isn't right. So let's do okay. the comparison thing, right? Like, on a neutral field, Bengals or Dolphins. Like, it's pretty close. You know, yeah. like the, your point spread would probably be like minus one, but I think you'd probably favor the Dolphins. But even if you favored, especially the Bengals, without Jamar Chase, for sure. Absolutely. Right. Which was the circumstance when the Browns played the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> no home field advantage is being sort of, you know, taken, taken into account here, I guess, because the Browns won that game so convincingly. Like, all of a sudden, the Browns are. Are, are good like like really good so the point is is like based on the market number of the last time we saw the browns i.e now two weeks ago halloween night mm -hmm. this number is six and a half for me and it opened four and a half and okay. so i said to myself self why don't you just grab that number because my own personal ratings make miami six in this yeah. game and by the way like i bet against miami last week in chicago Right, yeah. it's like one of the few big bets that I had that actually won last week. Great so cover for the Bears. Yeah, so it's not like I'm anti-fading the Dolphins, but I also watched every bit of that game, and it's just like, man, that offense. Like, it's not just like that the players are so good. It's like 
they are wide open seemingly all the time. And like Waddle and Hill are two guys you do not want to have wide open. And I just don't buy that the Browns secondary pass defense is going to just hold up Mm -hmm. on the road against Miami. And yet this number has come down from four and a half. I'm seeing people being like, oh yeah, Browns, like grab the underdog Browns. I think they have a chance to win outright. And honestly, maybe they do. And maybe they do win this game. But like, I'm sitting here going like, I just, I, I, how do I fudge the ratings to get the Browns to where they need to be here for this to make sense? Because like, honestly, I have to move the Browns into like the better than average category. And like, not just like barely better than average, but like, I have to rate them like they are the Bengals, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a pretty, pretty good team. And like, I can't get there with the Browns. Like, I'm sorry. Like that win was sweet, uh, you know, against the, against the uh, Bengals, but like, and you know, again, we were on them on the money line as well. Like, I I just can't get there. So again, like maybe I'm missing something. Listen, I don't love the, you know, the Dolphins defense by any stretch of the imagination, but like newsflash here. Justin Fields is tearing up defenses on the ground, right? Patriots defense. You know, Mm -hmm. how well did that work out for guys, you know, you know, the Sam Ellingers of the world, right? Like it isn't that easy. The Cowboys defense, Mm -hmm. right? Chicago lost that game handily because they couldn't stop the Cowboys, not because they, you know, they were stopped by the Cowboys outside of obviously that kind of like fluky fumble type play. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to blame the Dolphins too badly about like, that right like jacoby Brissett's not house in a 70 yard touchdown run i you know i don't think or pass yeah. or pass <laughs> for that matter that's a great point so yeah i don't know what i'm missing here i guess i'm just gonna sit here with my minus four and a half like an absolute dope but like i thought that was value a lot of the times that kind of works out for me whatever okay yeah. like you know what best of luck everybody with your browns tickets or i should I say worst of luck i'm right there with you on the miami dolphins at minus three and a half so Fins up. Let's go. Uh, switching gears here to the Lions at the Bears. Bears at home, three-point favorites. We were just talking about the Bears. And, you know, Justin Fields seems to be everybody's favorite quarterback. Your favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback these days seems to be Justin Fields. Everyone on the bandwagon. So much so that they're laying three points. Not a place you would have thought you would have seen the Bears just a few weeks back. Again, I don't like this. I'm admitting this. I'm plugging my nose with this. The Lions, I, I, I just feel like that was a weird, chaotic game last week and might have been like their kind of like Super Bowl win. We finally beat the Packers and all that. And so normally I feel like I would take the Lions here in the points. But all of these things where all these teams are colliding, where they're moving past each other, mm-hmm. I'm plugging my nose and I'm laying the three points with the Bears, man. Yeah, I hopped on it two and a half. I thought that was a fair number. Um, you know, again, market, you know, base type number. So that being said, like, I think the Bears are on the way up. And, I, you know, the Lions, that 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 win last week is going to sort of, I don't want to use the word trick, right? But like trick people <laughs> into thinking that the Lions are like good. And like, for some reason, it does not take much for people to, you know, call the Lions frisky, right? Yeah. And the market moved this to three. There's still some two and a halves with some like decent, you know, respectable juice on there, right? Like a minus 115, I think, is last time I looked anyway. So like you can still grab the bears at, at that type of a number. I think it'll be very sort of enticing to grab the Lions plus three, which means like 
that's fine with me to take the Bears minus three. Obviously, the difference being that if it lands exactly on three, you get a push. And so I, in you know, sometimes I go, okay, I don't really want that because I think it's really unlikely that my team wins by more than a field goal. I don't feel that this time around, right? I feel yeah. like the Bears can win this game by more than a field goal because you know, again, the defense is rough, but like it's still a pretty engaged team. And you know, this is you know, it's a weird rivalry because they're always kind of at the bottom of, of the NFC North division. But like, this is still a serious game for a Bears team that like, I think a lot of people thought we're going to get checked out because they traded Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. but like they fought last week against the Dolphins. And like, it was a bummer that they like fell short because of wildly inconsistent pass interference rulings by the officials in that game. That was insanity, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you know, second home game, you get Detroit coming out of the dome where they have been for the last couple of weeks back outside, you know, potentially a little cold weather for Jared Goff, which he is no fan of. You know, I think the Bears are a really good bet here. I loved them a lot at minus two and a half. And, you know, I still think they can cover three. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. I like when we agree like that and there's <laughs> no uh, like I don't need any extra convincing because. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I didn't really like being sure. on the on the Bears. It's not a comfortable spot. But as I've learned over the years, sometimes it's not about the comfortable spots. Well, right? Almost entirely about being uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I'm interested to hear how much you're going to be mad at me for this next pick oh, here. Man. The Jags at the Chiefs. <laughs> and the Jags oh, with boy. the comeback win. They now head to Kansas City. Kansas City at home is nine and a half point favorites. Nine and a half points is a lot. And I know that I should probably be taking the Jags here. And I know I say that with every Chiefs game when they're favored by too many points. But here's my thing with the Jags. The Jags fall behind against everybody. And right. it's the most annoying thing ever. And they have to pull off these comebacks and, and all that. And great. And you can do that against the Raiders. But you can't do that against the Chiefs. Right. So I'm going to be on the Chiefs. Okay. Under 10. Well, under 10. Me. I'm going to take that. Were you on the Chiefs last week? No. Oh, no, okay, no, no. We were both good. on. I was, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure I talked. If I didn't talk you into no, no, no. it, or I didn't need to talk you into it. I yeah, stunned you, you last week. And That's right. we're on the Vrabel train that Vrabel is going to be smart. That's I mean, right. he has no choice, really. Okay. But he's just a smart enough coach to like manage the game, run the ball, yeah. keep the possessions low, sure. sit back with all your, your DBs against Mahomes, all that fun stuff. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to probably surprise you here. I'm with you on the Chiefs. Oh! You on the Chiefs. Two weeks in a row. Now, <laughs> two weeks in a row. <laughs> well, two weeks in a row. No, like I was... I was not no, on no. the Chiefs last we're, week. We're like, together. No, yeah, yeah. We're yeah I see what you're saying. Okay. Normally, I'm just blindly on the Chiefs every week. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I was like, you didn't take the Titans last week, I don't think. No. No, okay. So first and foremost, market number. Now, let me just sort of take you kind of through what happened last week, right? When we when we spoke, it was 12 and a half, something along those lines on the Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, you know, is Malik Willis you know, going to play or is it going to be Tannehill? What's the number if it's Tannehill? All that sort of thing, right? you know, they do the whole game time decision thing. They put Tannehill on the plane. They put him out on the field. He like saunters around for a bit. And he's like, no, I can't go. And the line goes up to 14. I hadn't bet it yet. So I'm like, okay, plus 14. Like, I guess we're going in on this. Like, let's, yeah. you know, let's do this. Cause obviously we wanted to know what the quarterback situation. Was. Yeah. So as part of that, once that line is 14, right, you have to sort of play around with the numbers to go, okay, like how did we get to 14 on that game? It obviously went to overtime.
And so, you know, you start with the Titans and you go, okay, like, well, we had Malik Willis the previous week against the Texans. So there was an adjustment going into that game, which is mm-hmm. why they were only, you know, what was it? Two, three point favorites against the awful Texans. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there's already been an adjustment. So we, okay, well, we're going to adjust again, I guess, because there was an adjustment going into that game. But then we also saw that he basically, you know, can't throw the football or they don't want him to throw the football. That was against the tech, the Texans. So, okay, we got to boot them. We got to boot the, t- the Titans down a little bit again. Yeah. And then I go, okay, like that still doesn't get me anywhere near 14 on the road. And so I go, well, the chiefs are coming off a bye. All right. We got to do the Andy Reed buy thing. So we got to knock them up a couple of points on the, on the old rating scale here from, you know, sort of mid seventies, um, you know, into sort of the mid to high seventies. And by the way, the last time we saw them, they were just running a train on San Francisco, as you well know. So I'm like, okay, let's bump the Kansas city chiefs up a little bit. So, I have to sort of preface it by saying like, yes, I bumped the Chiefs up based on kind of those two things. One of those things being the bye week. Okay, we can knock that back down. And so from an actual numerical standpoint, like I have the Chiefs right now as a 75 out of 100. Okay. Okay. If anybody has an issue with that, they're welcome to contact me. (laughs) The Jags, meanwhile, a little bit schizophrenic. Let's not get crazy here. But like, I think we have a decent handle once we kind of got past the insanity of remember like the Jags we were just kind of getting out of control and like maybe the Jags might be good. Oh, we yeah. sort of like reeled them back in a lot of ways and are now sort of in the high 30s when it comes to the Jags. <laughs> so all that is to say the market number is about 12 and a half on Kansas City. Okay. With all those things sort of being uh, equal, if you will. And now again, I will sort of take the Chiefs down a little bit. I'll take the, I'll even take the Jags up for coming back and winning that game. And only then does it get to nine and a half points, mm-hmm. right? So the point is, is like, I never get below nine and a half in this game. So it's yeah. never about the Jags for me. So then it kind of becomes, okay, well, like, like you were sort of mentioning, like, okay, well, how do these two teams fit together? Like, are the, do I trust the Jags to get out to some sort of lead and not have it be like Trevor Lawrence having to throw a ton? Well, like, that worked, I guess, against the Raiders, but I also think the Raiders are horrifically coached and just honestly, in some cases, devoid of talent. So I just go, okay, like, that's not really going to set, that's not going to work, as you mentioned. On the flip side, like, yeah, the Chiefs is like, things got a little hairy there against the Tennessee Titans. Oh, right? yeah. Dude, so, ever. like, this should be, like, a relatively focused type of spot here where they, like, actually get out to a lead and maybe kind of stomp whomever they're going to play. And if they were playing some, like, really good team that I was worried about, then maybe I would be a little bit sort of concerned. Now, the only concern I kind of have is next week they play the Chargers and what is like quite literally or almost literally a clinching game for them in the AFC West, right? If you can get both games against the Chargers, all of that sort of thing. But I just don't think it's going to be that sort of letdown type spot because of what happened last week, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of come out of the bye. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take down this team that doesn't have to throw the football or can't throw the football or whatever, but like we know what the Vrabel deal is. Like he's going to be, you know, he's they're in the corners, right? They're in the dark areas. So yeah. I think this is more of a tune-up for the Chargers as far as like, okay, like we got one real big game here next week. And maybe there's even an element of like, oh man, if Josh Allen's out for Buffalo, like we might take a run at the number one seed, having just vanquished as again, weird as it is to sound, the Titans, who if they had won that game, would have been like six and three and back into the hunt all of a sudden for their second straight, you know, number one seed. But when it comes to Kansas City and Buffalo, 
really matters who's going to get that one seed. Definitely. Right? And yeah, the Bills already have the head start having beaten Kansas City. But if things get a little crazy here for Josh Allen, he's not around for maybe two or three weeks. Like, you can sort of smell the blood here if you're the Chiefs. And they got away with one last week. And I just don't think they get, they sort of lollygag, if you will, through this game. And I think this is actually a pretty decent bet. I grabbed minus nine at minus 108. That was available at one site. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Nine, nine and a half is good. Uh, yeah, this is a Chiefs blowout spot, which, you know, again, we don't say a ton of, but it's not because this line is inflated in any sort of a way. Yeah, I, and I just think the the not overreacting to what happened last week against a very coached team, well-coached yeah. team that knows what they're doing, knows how to use what he has, that makes sense, how to get the most out of what he has. Makes a lot of sense to not overreact coming back in this week. Um, let's keep things moving, though, with the Broncos at the Titans, the aforementioned Titans. Uh, Broncos coming off a bye. I like them even less coming off a bye. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But <laughs> even with that said, laying three points seems like a lot with the Tennessee Titans. And I would hope that we're getting the best of what the Broncos could possibly be at coming off their bye week. And the Titans team on a short week and a, a brutal, like, you know, overtime game mm-hmm. on Monday night, that's a tough spot to be yeah. then laying three points against a team coming off a bye. So for that reason, I'm on the Broncos in this one. This is just spots for me. Yeah. And for me, this is like, you know, a change in requirement, right? Mm-hmm where we go, the Titans just, all we asked of the Titans was not to get absolutely annihilated last week. And now you're asking the Titans, like when push comes to shove, to win a game by margin. And you'll remember, like, they did that in kind of a similar spot against the Colts. But then the Colts decided, hey, we're in such a disarray that Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger is going to be our, like, our answers, our answers going forward. It's like, maybe the Colts weren't necessarily, like, the best franchise to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, copy, if you will. So... I'm not going to compare the Broncos to the Colts. I think the Broncos are better than that. Now, again, I'm a little bit concerned with some of the injuries that the Broncos have suffered defensively. You know, obviously not the best effort necessarily against the Jags, but they end up winning that game. And so at least they go into the bye going like, well, you know, you're telling me there's a chance. And you look around at the rest of the league, specifically this AFC South, and you're like, okay, all those three teams are basically out of the running. And then you look at, you know, obviously – There's some decent, I guess, teams in the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. But, like, yeah, there's a lot going on in the AFC East. But, like, we're talking about now having multiple wild cards here that you can potentially get. And you still have a home game against the Chargers left. And so you're going, okay, like, you can kind of talk yourself into, like, well, maybe we got a shot here at getting into the playoffs. Now, I'm not sure what Nathaniel Hackett would be doing on his bye week other than playing, like, tiddlywinks over and over and over again. Go ahead and Google that game, which is, I think, a game that Hackett would absolutely be into. Um, That being said, like, we're requiring Tennessee to cover a game. And, by the way, we're not asking the Broncos to really do anything that's sort of out of the realm of their sort of capabilities here, right? Like, we're still rating them very, very lowly. Now, the problem is with the Titans, like, we have no real clue or we've been battling their rating, right? Like I just talked about, to get to 14-point underdogs on the road, we had to get them all the way down to kind of 33, 
right? Which like, again, by the way, is where we would have the Packers if the Packers were five point home underdogs against the Cowboys in real life, which apparently is the thing. So the point <laughs> is like when we see these teams kind of get booted down to like the low thirties, you know, AKA Texan territory, like obviously that ha- isn't the case. So, okay, well, are we going to move them all the way back up to where they were? Now, when I say all the way back up, it was still kind of a like worse than average team, as weird as that is to say about a team that that's you know quite the favorite to win their division but like look at the metrics right like you have to at least acknowledge that they are in the bottom third of defensive metrics and the bottom third of offensive metrics and just go like okay like that exists like yes derrick henry has sort of found his game here middle of the season but like ah, this you know we can't rate this team any higher than kind of even so even if we bumped up the titans to like kind of back to where they were under ryan Tannehill, i haven't seen anything that indicates that Tannehill like definitely isn't back like at the best case with scenario we're getting to like two and a half here on the titans right and if it was two and a half now i could have the conversation about the you know titans winning a close game by a field goal yada 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 but i'm more likely to think that the broncos and the titans here have just a miserable football game where like there's almost no scoring there's a ton of field goals once we start getting into a ton of field goals that's when we start getting into one and two being viable winning margins right where we get into the 14 13s the 19 17s the 17 16s like every point matters type of games these two teams are every point matters type of teams which by the way is going to lend its to an epic teaser leg here (laughs) plus nine you know yeah again i say plus nine because i don't think you're getting a flat three just yet here with the broncos i think you know you're paying juice right now 115 to 120 so nine is sort of a viable way just to grab that teaser leg now because there is another really good teaser leg that we're going to talk about here shortly denver teaser leg denver plus three like you know what I mean? Like, go for it, Titans. Like, do your worst and see if you can kind of pull away from the Broncos, where I think even if, you know, down 10 or something along those lines, right? Like, the Broncos are still going to be in this game, slinging it around, you know, maybe futilely. But, you know, again, it's still Russell Wilson we're talking about here. And so I think you're getting the better quarterback and maybe the better team, as weird as, as it is to say, especially if Malik Willis is in, on the Broncos. And I'll take those three points. Okay. Okay. Interested to see what you'll do with these three points. we got the Cardinals at the Rams Rams at home favored by three, how the mighty NFC West has fallen. I mean, these two teams, things not going too well this season. Um, I don't know how the Rams are favored by three against anyone at this point, but then I see Kyler beefing with basically his whole team and (laughs) (laughs) wonder, you know, things are kind of tough, but I think I have this correctly. I'm on the Rams minus three because I think I have the merry-go-round of McVay versus Kingsbury going correctly. Do I have that right? You do, yeah. The the cycle of the NFC West. I mean, honestly, though, like the just fundamental issue here. Well, I'll put it this way. You're talking about like the three-point line and like should the Rams be favored by three over anybody. I would say should the Rams be favored by four against anybody. And the answer was no because this opened four. And I gleefully, even after watching the Arizona Cardinals and steam just piling out of my ears watching the Arizona Cardinals, even then I was still like, nope, got to take the Cardinals plus four. Yeah, this cannot be, you know, minus four for the Rams. And apparently I wasn't the only one because this thing is now down to a flat three. (sighs) 
you're right about the NFC West cycle of of doom. That this is that this is that, if you will. I just look at this and I go, okay, we never, you know, we're not supposed to like the Cardinals at home. We're supposed to like them a lot better on the road. They're obviously, you know, I think very live to beat the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. It just didn't work out. Part of that was a muff punt type situation. The matchup here to me is Byron Murphy against Cooper Cup. Go back and look at his stats when Cooper Cup plays against the Cardinals. They shut him down pretty well. Mm-hmm. And again, like that's one thing when Odell Beckham's around running around and like they have something of a running game and all of that sort of thing. But like, it's just still not there, right? Van Jefferson complains about not getting balls thrown to him. They throw to him one deep and it hits him right in the chest in the first quarter or second quarter of the game last week. And it's like, that's what the Rams are doing. They're complaining about stuff and then still not playing well, right? Cam Akers came in, you know, after complaining and almost, you know, nobody, they couldn't give that guy away, right? So I just go like, yeah, I think the Cardinals can win this game, even though I don't have any respect for the way that the Cardinals play football, right? We talk about like Robbie Anderson just taking, you know, the needless penalties of like he's jumping off or false starting because he doesn't get himself lined up correctly. And he just, and it takes him too long to realize that. And he's just so out of the game. And it's like that cost them. I believe that cost him a touchdown, if not a key first down, right? Kyler Murray, like, converts a fourth down, and he's running free, but he doesn't have the ball tucked away, and so they fumble, right? It's like the plays are there for the Cardinals. They just don't, like, execute them. Like, they just, there's always something wrong. And so, yes, that's a fundamental issue and why Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired after this season because, like, they're not going to clean that up, but at least the plays are there. If it isn't Cooper Cup involved the plays aren't there for the Rams. Like where do these plays come from? Right? Like Mm -hmm. outside of like screens to Higby early in the San Francisco game where like they had those plays sort of like, you know, in the script and we're like, okay, we're going to get them with these screen plays. And then the 49ers like, okay, now we know you're running tight end screens as your best offense. Like, I think we can figure that out. Like that became a blowout in the second half. Now I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is sharp enough to kind of figure anything like that out, which is what, you know, which is why I like plus four a lot more than I like plus three. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals won this game, despite the, you know, sort of the storyline, if you will, of the like cycle of doom. I just, I can't bet on this Rams team. Like, and they just kind of keep getting away with like pushes mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like on their oh, point spreads and oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Covering that number against the Panthers still really makes me angry from a few weeks ago. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything Im- like completely embarrassing. Cause like a lot of teams have gotten, you know, caught up by Tom Brady and the, you know, and with a minute to go, but like, there's something more wrong about this Rams team than like we're willing to admit. It just isn't as obvious as when you're watching Cliff Kingsbury, like blank stare out into the field because he doesn't know what to do next. And like that probably infuriates Kyler Murray. And like, I don't even really like Kyler Murray all that much. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally get you. Totally going to be interested to see where this game lands. I'm just more comfortable with, as you mentioned, the push here. (laughs) And if I'm okay to, to be all, to be all right with that result if the Rams can only hold on and win by three. Um, This next game, my Tennessee, or my Tennessee, wow, my Houston Texans, pardon me, who the running joke is I love betting on the Texans when they are huge underdogs and they just have a way of covering big spreads. That held true again for us last week. This week, I know it's five points. Seems like a lot. 
to be underdogs to the New York Giants. But this is another one of those games that I was talking about earlier. You've heard me mention a few times. Teams coming off of the bye. I'm going to trust the Giants here, feeling as if, you know, Daniel Jones, he's getting banged up a little bit here. The last little bit, maybe a week off, has him a little fresher, has Dable just pounding him into the line even more <laughs> coming right. off their bye. All of the above. Either way, Giants minus five. I don't like it. Plugging my nose, taking the Giants here. <sighs> yeah, maybe my Texans will be mad at me for, for turning against them here, but I'm on the Giants. I think they should be. What about the Giants? <laughs> has given you any indication that they like not win because they've won a bunch of games, but like should be relied upon to cover a number like of significance. Right. right. And like this, and, and don't get me wrong. This number appeared and for a pretty extensive time mm -hmm. at seven. Woo. See, full seven. You would have had me talking there on the Texans <laughs> there at seven. I'd be right in there. Right. I just missed it. That's I just right. missed it. And so that's why sort of being prepared, like being ready and sort of having, you know, kind of an understanding of like the, the ratings in the market and that sort of thing. And just going like, Oh, nope. Giants can never be seven. Like literally if it's not t the Texans at home, it's mm -hmm. lit. You know, we always go like, Oh, they can't be this against anybody. Like this is quite literally anybody. <laughs> right the texans are the worst rated team yeah. this is so we are officially at giants can't be seven or six and a half which they were or mm -hmm. six which they also were on the way down to five mm -hmm. that's the case right like I they gotcha. literally cannot be there against the texans now from a football standpoint right if i told you there was a football team who ran the football really really well but did not defend the run at all right mm -hmm. Which one of these teams would would that, would that be? And I'm here to stop you because the answer is both. I, I, both. <laughs> I was with you. Don't worry. I was both with you. of these teams yeah. are that. And so, but the point is, is like you know, and then you get into like, okay, do we trust the the quarterback in the passing game? Right? Like Daniel Jones certainly, you know, obviously runs the football a little bit better, and maybe he's the difference, and maybe he's why the Giants win the game. I think the Texans are very live though, because outside of Jones's ability to run. We've got Davis Mills going up against a really thin secondary that got even thinner because of an ATV uh, injury over the bye week. Right? Yep. Speaking of bye weeks being a potential negative at some point. And everyone mad at Odell still, eh? And, you and know, every, everybody's like, yeah. or are they? I don't know. The he he was on, wasn't he on the list of teams? I don't know. Or, or weren't they on his list of teams? Or there was some sort of a list and it included the Giants. But. You know, okay, so I think Davis Mills is going to have opportunity to throw the ball here nicely, and I think Daniel Jones could as well. But honestly, I kind of like the Texans secondary with okay. Stingley and Petrie and those. Like, I think they've hit on a couple of really good rookies in the secondary, and so I kind of like the Houston Texans secondary a little bit better, though I like the Giants' pass rush a little bit better. All that is to say, like, these teams are honestly kind of the same, except for A, branding and the excitement of New York, and B, actual victories kind of getting pulled out of their, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this season. And so, like, that's why the numbers come off of seven and come off of six, because people are like, yeah, honestly, these teams aren't 
that different. So like, yeah, we're going to give the Giants a few points because they are the they are the better team. Don't get me wrong. But like my number and my ratings come to five. Right. So great bet at plus seven. Good bet at plus six and a half. Certainly a bet at plus six. But at five, now we kind of become we kind of go, okay, we have to get deeper into the football stuff. But since the football stuff kind of makes sense to me as far as these teams kind of matching up, running the ball at each other and probably having pretty good success. Like we might be looking at kind of long drives, low scoring as both these teams are kind of used to, you know, doing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you're going to give me like plus 250, or at least it used to be plus 250 when this was six, six and a half on the money line. Like I think the Texans have a real sh- uh, chance to win this game. There isn't that like huge disparity when it comes to rest because the Giants obviously had their bye week, but the Texans have had a mini bye week as well. And, you know, listen, Dayball, way better coach than Lovey Smith. He'll have some plays for Lovey Smith's stubborn cover cover two zone defense like they will get their points right but i think the texans can as well i think this game's gonna be pretty competitive but at plus five right we're kind of getting into like where it should be or should have been the whole time yeah you know it wasn't at at first and so we hopped on it damn vegas zone damn vegas zone will always get you always have me wondering what I should and shouldn't be doing um much like our next game here we have the saints at the Steelers, Saints on the road, two and a half point favorites. This is an ugly one. I mentioned again, bye weeks, bye weeks, bye weeks. And I don't like this pick. <laughs> as I'm even looking at my own pick, picking the Steelers as home underdogs here, I don't really like it. But the Saints are coming off the short week. The Steelers are coming off a bye week. And I've used this line before. Should this be the best version of the Steelers? But what does that actually mean? (laughs) Right. Right. But I feel like the Saints in a physical tough Monday nighter against the Ravens. That's not an easy outing on a short week. I'm on the home dogs for that for that reason. But I'm not going to lie to you. I can be easily talked out of this Steelers plus two and a half pick. Well, I'm going to talk you out of it, but not in the way that you think. If you if you're if you're interested or if you like Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Pittsburgh plus eight and a half. Is that something you might be interested in? Because this yes. is the other, this is the other teaser leg, right? Like yep. Yep. throw these four teams, right? Denver, mm-hmm. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans. They're all coming from different divisions, but they're mm-hmm. all coming to play a low scoring tight game where you just dare one of these teams to beat you by two scores, right? Yeah. And if you get plus nine in any permutation of those of these four teams or plus eight and a half in any permutation of those four teams, and honestly, we could probably find four more teams to throw into the pot with these, these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely do it. So, I mean, market number, honestly, is pick them for me based okay. on the previous point spreads. And that includes... You know, or I should say, if we include the Saints rating going up, which I think they are sort of better than the market thinks, that was not necessarily proven the case on Monday Night Football. So a little bit of egg on your boy's face in that situation. But I like, was with you. But my but my number of upgrading the Saints mirrors why the Saints would be minus two and a half, right? So my point mm-hmm. spread is minus two and a half. Because like I'm you know a little bit higher on the Saints and honestly a little bit lower than the market on the Steelers, but like based on point spreads, like this should be closer to Pick'em. I think this game's a literal toss-up. I mean, I could tell you like yeah, Steelers money line because like you're getting a coin flip for you know plus one fifteen or whatever it is right now. 
okay, like cool. But like, that would mean you're asking the Steelers to win a football game, which I don't really have a ton <laughs> of interest in doing. Yeah. But what I have a ton of interest in doing is bumping this thing up to eight and a half, pairing it with the Broncos and just rolling there with that teaser. Spoiler alert. That's going to be my teaser of the week. Woo. All right. Uh, we're rounding down the final stretch here of this pod. We also got a super interesting game <laughs> talking about asking teams to win. I mean, here's two desperate teams looking for a win. We got the Colts at the Raiders. Raiders are favored by six. And I'm looking at this and thinking, hold on. How are the Raiders favored by six? And in comes your man's Jeff Saturday, <laughs> right? zero coaching experience, ready to take over. Yeah. Do we know who's calling the plays yet for the Colts? I have no idea. Is Matt Ryan coming back or are we still in Ellinger land? I have no idea. And then I saw Jim Irsay's presser and I was like, oh, I don't think he has any idea what is no. going on either. No. This I'm leaning on the Raiders here, but it can only be a lean because I can't possibly like come out here confidently being like, I love the Raiders at minus six, <laughs> sure. right? Like I can't yeah. do that. You mentioned but like, I'm on the Raiders. <laughs> you mentioned like these two teams are desperate teams. These two teams might as well be getting uh, out of a cab in New York city, looking for a, an act acting career <laughs> and like hoping somebody gives them a chance to show how pretty they are because these two teams are that desperate. And like, that's where we're at, right? Where yeah. like, I don't know. I am worried for these two teams and where they're, where they are headed. Right. Like I don't want to see the rest of the movie or yeah. the TV show. Cause it's only going to kind of bum me out, but of course they're playing each other. Right. Because, you know, we talked about like kind of getting into lulls with the season and it's like, I feel like we just keep hitting these games and these matchups of like two teams we'd really like to bet on. And yeah. oh, here comes two teams that we'd really like to fade. Yep. And like, oh, good. We're now just measuring up which like situation is worse, which team is more pathetic at this point. And like, I don't really know what the answer is, especially when you start adding, you know, point spreads into the mix. <laughs> because this line should have been, again, market number four and a half. Okay. So we we saw the boost to six. There was even some six and a halves popped up. Literally Ooh. the moment that Jeff Saturday was hired, it was like, <laughs> nope, we're going up. We rather nobody be the coach. Okay. We were, we were into no one head coaching this team more than we were into Jeff Saturday coaching this team. That's amazing. And then honestly, everybody looked at this and was like, man, Josh McDaniels at over a touch or at a touchdown, like needs to win by a full converted touchdown. Like the best part about the Raiders is that you can probably rely on that conversion because the kicker is the best player on the team, or at least the most reliable player on the team. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, I hopped on, I actually bet minus six. And like, even as I say it, I was like, oh God, I now maybe I'm getting out of the cab in New York city, but like, that's really kind of sad in and of itself. But it's like Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger are, is the combination. You asked who's calling plays offensively. Some guy named Parks. Parks is his first name. Cherokee Parks? No, it's his, I mean, I think it's like <laughs> Parks Terwilliger or something. I don't know. He's like 30 years old. Okay. He's like an assistant to the assistant. He's basically the assistant to the traveling secretary. It's George Costanza calling plays out here. And like the plays weren't all that good to begin with last week yeah. when they got annihilated by the Patriots. And so, yeah. well, okay, we're just going to trust the Raiders to annihilate them too. It's like the answer to that is like, I guess because I'm way more into doing that than like talking myself into like, Oh, high variance, high volatility Colts. Like, I don't think that's what this is. Yeah. I think this is just like the Colts are like really bad. And you could do the, like, 
you know, we get, we're not that far off from bowl season in college football where you go, oh, man, they lost their coach and like a bunch of guys went with them. And then like this assistant special teams coach like takes over and like they, the kids rally around this guy. Right. And all of a sudden they win the bowl game, you know, the quasi meaningless bowl game and he's getting doused by Gatorade. And you're wondering how your minus 10 and a half bet didn't not only didn't cover, but that team didn't even win outright. That's not the NFL. Like Jeff Saturday doesn't get to walk in, do some sort of speech. And like all of a sudden these professionals and the coaching staff around him that are like, why don't I get a chance to do this? Yeah. Right. Even in an interim basis, why does this guy get this chance? Who was just on ESPN, you know, talking to Mina Kimes and, and Dan Orlovsky. Like, what what motivation are we supposed to have for this team so like Mm -hmm. yeah it's a tough scene for the raiders but at least they're capable of 17 points consecutively last week on the road like okay fine take my money like i will i you know again i'll probably watch this game and it'll be 28 7 raiders and i'll be wondering how i didn't bet like the world on the raiders because of this ridiculous situation but like, that's how bad it is for the Raiders at this point. So yeah, yeah. it's Ra- it I mean, it literally is Raiders or nothing. With honestly, nothing is probably the better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right there with you on the Raiders as well. We're into the final stretch. Sunday night football. Chargers at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners coming off the bye, but seven seems like a lot of points. Chargers though are a gong show. The only reason I'm on the Niners, and if you follow this pod, you know I'm a Niners fan, but I rarely ever lay points with the Niners in any circumstance, really. But you're telling me a full week to install Christian McCaffrey package, Debo Samuel practicing again, could be Mm. back in the lineup. I can't lie, that has me kind of exciting. Not even Jimmy Garoppolo should be able to screw this one up. I, I really I really need you to talk me out of taking the Niners minus seven in this. I'm on the Niners, but I feel like I need you to talk me out of it because I'm kind of giddy. I am absolutely going to do that because laying seven with the Niners here is patently ridiculous, right? <laughs> like yes. they've had they've had time to put, install a package. Like okay, sure, but like <laughs> Shanahan's had time to install all kinds of stuff with yep. Jimmy Garoppolo and. Uh, obviously Debo Samuel and like all of the weapons that he's had before that. And like, it's so cool that like McCaffrey comes in, he's throwing touchdown passes and he looks like peak Christian McCaffrey, but like, we can't live our lives saying running backs don't really matter all that much, like to the point spread and from evaluation standpoint and never draft them in the first round anymore and never give them big second contracts and all of that sort of thing. And I realized that McCaffrey at his finest is an absolute unicorn. But like only one guy gets to hang on to the ball at at one you know at one time on one play or, you know so to speak. There's only so much that they can do. And then and the rating boost that the 49ers have gotten that has led to this being them at minus 7. Like we're not psyched about the Chargers. We have them at a robust like 54 right? Like Mm -hmm. just barely better than average disappointing because they could have been in the seventies. If anybody on that team had stayed healthy, but like still getting things done and like beating crappy teams. And in this case, hanging around, Oh, there's a new thing going on here. He's got a ball instead of the, the mouse. We've got him switching everybody, but like, we know what the chargers are. And like, I don't want anything to do with the chargers when it's minus seven for them. 
right? Mm -hmm. Against anyone, Texans, yep. Jaguars, whatever you got. But plus seven, now we're having a conversation, <laughs> right? Like, now we're getting spicy. Yeah, like I'll put it this way. Like I've upgraded the 49ers significantly under the excitement of all of the weapons and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I have to look and be like, yeah, this is still a four and four team whose like biggest claim to fame here, whose biggest ratings bump is because of two wins over the Rams, a team that one, we don't really like this year in the first place. And mm -hmm. two, we know has sort of a built in systematic advantage over, right? The 49ers do. So it's like, okay, you already beat the team that you always beat. You did it twice and you have literally two other victories along the way. Now, the scary part is they're getting healthier and all of that stuff, but like they've disappointed before under these circumstances. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I have no interest in, you know, again, Jimmy G can get a little loose with the football. You know, he can. Right. So, like, I'm going to need like a real professional, solid effort out of a team. And I don't know, I can't guarantee that I'm going to get that from the 49ers to yeah. cover more than a touchdown here. So, grab the Chargers plus seven. I think this number comes down from seven. I will be shocked if we just go from now until Sunday night yeah. with this number just sitting on seven. This has to be six, six and a half. Like I said, I get, I have a massive upgrade for the 49ers, and only that gets me to five and a half for the yeah. 49ers. The market okay. number for this, for this game is three. I love it. I love it. Okay. The pick has been switched from the 49ers to the chargers let's keep things rolling we got one game left on the docket and it's monday night football we have the commanders at the eagles eagles 11 point favorites and we're back here again double digit spreads i am on washington can you talk me out of taking the commanders well, when, when you left me there, I thought I was going to have to do my own monologue on Monday Night Football, which, you know, listen, I'm capable of doing, but I have don't have a ton necessarily to say about this game. Because totally fine. Five minutes straight of me talking. Um, when you think, when you look at this number, you go, oh man, 11, like that seems really high. Washington, like they actually win football games or they're in fo football games, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, from a market standpoint, this number should be 11 and a half to 11. Ooh, okay. So there isn't any sort of like, oh man, you're getting a ton of you know points here. There should be nine. There's no real reason why that number isn't appropriate, right? As much as, you know, kind of a tough spot last week. We knew that the, the Eagles were getting overvalued by being 14 point road favorites, but this is different, right? They are 11, they are at home. And the case against Washington, you want me to make one for you? No. Taylor Heineke's rabid desire to turn the ball over, even if teams refuse to take it, right? Like, <laughs> there's a Curtis Samuel touchdown last week where it was just like, I don't understand how that happened. And, like, there weren't a ton of other points out there for the commanders. The Vikings couldn't really take advantage of Taylor Heineke being loose with the football. You know a team who feels like they're going to take advantage at home of a bunch of Taylor Heineke kind of foolishness? You know, a couple of cornerbacks who are pretty good at jumping routes and that oh, sort yeah. of thing. They'll be waiting for it. A defensive line rotation that is going to gobble him up. Remember, they, they played this game already, right? Yep. And the Eagles scored at will. So as much as I usually kind of like the commanders and the defensive line, and I can make the case for them as underdogs, especially at home with a short number, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really have that for you, man. I think the Eagles score a lot. And I think that, and I think they might have some short fields involved when it comes to Taylor Heineke. So like, no, not for me. This is a fairly priced game. I love it. The pick has been switched again, people. We are back in business. 
We are on the Philadelphia Eagles minus 11. Uh, but where can the people find you? Because there's a lot of movement that will happen between now and kickoff. Where can the people find you to get all the information, my dude? Absolutely. At MRUS Authentic is the Twitter handle. And of course, the score app. You already have it in your phone. You're already checking scores. Get your uh, betting notifications in our betting section. Get those uh, alerts fired up so that you know as soon as we've got all of our different articles. Uh, just uh, wrote the Thursday Night Football Seinfeld-themed uh, props article. The Round Robin Moneyline Parlay is already out on the streets. And there's even a special, we're going to talk for five seconds here about college football, a Heisman Trophy bet and the first national championship bet I've made since the summer where I got the rogue Ohio State number. We're sitting okay. on a, like six to one there. But the first real in-season national championship bet just published this morning, widely available. No, it is not Georgia. No, it is not Ohio State. It is a, another team here that is getting disrespected based on one game. That might've happened last weekend. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Shell and Alexander. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast Podcast NFL Picks Edition, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.